I'm Wendy. And I'm Mudoni. Welcome to the Somanami Podcast. The show that talks about books and that intersection with culture, community, current affairs, and everything in between from a Pan African lens. This is a five-part special series where we will be in conversations with the 2022 AKO Ken Prize for African Writing shortlisted writers. These conversations are taking place in between Nairobi, Lagos, South Carolina, New York, Texas, and London, and have been made possible in partnership with the AKO Ken Prize for African Writing. Look around you, see who's the people around you, see who your neighbours are, see who you're getting on the bus with, the chocho with, see who's serving you your wache or your whatever, see who's, you know, see who's in your neighbourhood outside of um, your, maybe your clique or your whatever, like, yeah. where do you live, you know, yeah. On this episode, we speak to Billy McTennan from Ghana on her shortlisted story, The Labadi Sunshine Bar, which was originally published in Accra Noir in 2021. Billy McTernan is a writer, artist, and editor whose practice considers ways of expanding the possibilities of writing by experimenting with form. Billy has written for The Guardian, Africa is a Country, among other publications. She also hosts a radio show, A Gift from Somewhere, on Tent House Radio. Enjoy the conversation. Hello, Billy. How are you today? I'm good. How are you? Very well. Thank you for joining us. Thank you for having um, me. Yeah, we're quite excited to be, you know, sitting down and having this conversation with you on a fantastic story that has been shortlisted for the ACO um, Kane Prize for African Writing. Um, yeah, how does that feel? It feels good. It was a surprise, to be honest, because... Um, I think the publishers, the publishers got in touch with us like early in the year. So by the time, you know, we're in, you know, in June now, by the time we heard from them, it was literally, I was not thinking about it whatsoever. And I'd been on um, deadlines for other things. And so when I saw like um, quick response or urgent or something, I was like, oh my gosh, these people won't get off my neck with these deadlines. Like, please, <laughs> not realizing that it was something else. So yeah, it's been good. It's been a nice surprise. And um yeah, I feel I feel I feel very pleased about it. Very very pleased. Yeah, you should because it's it's really a, a really good story. Yeah. Thank um, you. I've read it a couple of times um, <laughs> for my own personal reading. That was even before um, sort of we found out that we were going to be doing these interviews. Oh, nice. I've been reading like the Kane shortlisted yeah. stories, and so I was very um, eager to to like print out all the stories and start reading. And your story really blew me away. Oh wow! So, Thank you. Yeah. Um, how did how did the um, your story end up in the Accra Noir anthology? Yeah. So one of actually one of the other people that is shortlisted, um, Nana Amadankwa, is the editor of that uh, anthology. Um, mm -hmm. So she reached out to me and asked if I wanted to contribute to the anthology. You know, it's noir, which is not really a uh, genre that I usually write in, but of course, I was like, yeah, okay, cool. Let me let me see how this can go. It'll be good. So it was through her actually that I got involved in the project. Um, and you know, after reading some noir, I read um, I read Kingston Noir, 
a friend yeah. a friend lent me Kingston Noir um, and so that was a good um, entry into kind of getting a feel of the genre and I I think I read a couple from the Lagos Noir and so on so yeah I got a bit familiar with you know how the stories go and then I thought yeah let me let me dip my toe and see what's up. Mm. Okay, great. Uh, but just taking you back a little bit, um, I know you're an artist who deals in various forms, but for writing specifically, how long have you been writing? Mm. At point did you know that you wanted to do this writing? Mm. Um, yeah, and how has that been so far? Yeah, well, actually, so I come from a journalism background. Okay. Um, in terms of writing, at least. Um, I come from a journalism background. So I, I've... Um, my writing in that sense started in the in the journalism field mostly. Um, and um, I'm an editor as well. So um, while I was doing that work, I'd, I'd be doing my fiction writing on the side. Um, so the fiction writing has always been an aside, if you see what I mean. Um, but in recent years, in terms of the art practice, in recent years, I was finding out how to bring the fiction into the art practice. Um, but yeah, it was mostly like journalism, non-fiction stuff with the fiction. And I'd somehow try to see how I can bring fiction techniques into the journalism and so on. Um, so that's been over, you know, maybe close to over, over 10 years, almost 15 years maybe, um, yeah. that um, in terms of the journalism work goes back over 10 years. Um, yeah, so that's how it kind of moves around and then as I stop doing the journalism work, some of the other stuff starts coming to the fore. Yeah. yeah. I mean, like, um, like it says in your bio, um, you are interested in the pos possibilities presented by nonverbal and visual communication, mm. uh, visual language and writing systems. Mm -hmm. And your work rests in that nexus between literary and contemporary art. Um, mm -hmm. Just for the sake of maybe us and the listener who's probably um meeting you for the first time what does that look like um what exactly does that mean yeah so what I what I try to do is um in the writing I try to um in both the writing and the in and the visual art practice I try to bring other forms into it so with my you don't see that so much in this particular story in the um the body sunshine bar um yeah, I, I try to sort of bring different kinds of form into my um, fiction, for instance. So that could be like call and response. Um, mm -hmm. It could be, um, you know, just like normal prose and just kind of mixing those things in. There could be some factual parts that are, you know, like super reportage written and so on. And then so mixing those forms in the literary, I try to do a similar thing in the visual art practice. Um, okay. And so with my visual art practice, text, it, it starts from text. And so I do sort of translations from text. So that's how it kind of sits between contemporary art and literary art, if I could, if I could say so. Where do you draw some of your inspiration from in, in, uh, in your writing and in your art? What are some of your influences? Well, with this story in particular, I, I lived in the body for um, maybe five or six years. And I think, I can't remember if at the time, because, you know, we wrote this a few years ago now. I think at the time I might have been moving house, still in the body, but moving yeah. to another place. Um, and I don't know, I have a soft, if you, those that know Labadi, it's kind of a little bit rough and ready. It's a bit hectic, mm -hmm. but it kind of was like a love story to Labadi for me. Um, 
this place that is a little bit, you know, <laughs> but um, I wanted to sort of write something in dedication to the body. So I guess a lot of things come from like place where I am, uh, most around the people that are around. Um, uh, I would say that's probably, you know, those relations that are, are something mm. that comes up in, in all the work. Yeah. Nice. Um, so as we get into the story, do you want to tell us a little bit about what the Labadi Sunshine Bar is about? Yeah, okay, that's a good question. All right. <laughs> cool. um, so um, obviously without giving too much away, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so um, the Labadi Sunshine Bar um, tells the story of our main, one of our main protagonists, Priscilla, AKA Cece who is what we might call um, like a runs girl. Um, yeah. And um, Cece is, you know, she's ambitious, she's young, she's beautiful. She wants the nice things in life and she's, you know, ready to do what it, what it takes as um, many of us are. Um, yeah. But Accra is not, a, it's not an easy town. So sometimes you face some, some blockages and, and you also face some people that are, have, what do they say? Long, uh, long tooth, long in the game that have been in the game longer than you. <laughs> now, some of these things come into it. So basically, our um, protagonist has to deal with the, you know, she, she's a sex worker and um, she has to navigate that world with her own ambitions and um, some of the obstacles that come, up, come to her. And it's about having to um, be smart, really, and be, be quick because the city can be fast and it can eat you up. If you don't move first, someone will move. So what happens mm, yeah. is, yeah. I think that that's a fairly decent synopsis. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it actually is. You'll have to read and find out. Um, find out. Yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah. Um, but yeah, I'm curious to know, uh, you mentioned that the book, uh, the story has been out uh, for a while. Mm. Uh, so it has been the reception thus far, even before this nomination. Good, actually, because um, like I mentioned previously, most people know me for my either essay, so also essays on art, so either journalism or my like sort of art writing. That's what most people know me for. And if you go out there now, that's what more most of the writings what you'll see online is that. Yeah. So, so I think it's been like a lot of people like, oh snap, I didn't even know that. That's what you're, you know, that's what else you're on, kind of thing, and. Um, um, so the reception has been really positive and sometimes you just hear from people that you don't even know, like some reaches of some place. It's like, oh, wow, snap, somebody way over somewhere, you know, I, I think that's also, it's nicer even sometimes than, you, of course, you love your friends and family, but when it's someone like in one corner somewhere, it's like, oh, nice. So yeah, it's been really positive and, and very supportive. And, and Nana Amma, like I mentioned before, that was the editor, she was also very, um, it was really good working with her and I'm so pleased to have her like to be on the shortlist with her because yeah. um yeah it was it was it was it was a nice it was a nice time yeah it was nice great do you want to read uh, a bit of the story a couple of passages sure thing um Madame Joanna warned the girls not to get too close to the clients love could be dangerous she'd say but love was never an option for Priscilla why have love when you can have freedom? Love was what kept her mother pregnant. Recycled promises and pleas for forgiveness always inevitably led to a new baby. Love was what made her grandmother, 
who'd lived her whole life in the village, keep a decades-long hope that her childhood sweetheart would return to her after his studies in Accra and then later Europe as a young graduate to make an honest woman of her. Love was what kept her aunties serving Sunday after church and soup to their drunken, hot-tempered husbands who left them with Saturday night bruises. If there was one thing Priscilla had learned in her short time on this earth, was that love can slow a woman down and hold her back. That's why she left home for a flower and then a flower for a crowd. Labadi was a, good, was a good step for her, closer to the life she felt she deserved. Priscilla took her time getting ready for the night. She wanted a hot bath, so she boiled two pots of water on the stove to fill up her bucket. She lathered her sponge so thoroughly it became a cloud in her hand. This was her time. She allowed herself to fill her body with its dips and crevices and folds. It was hers. It was important to affirm this daily, to make herself remember before long, because before long, some man might attempt to make her forget. <laughs> that, that was actually probably my favorite part of the story. Oh, that's good. You see? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm yeah. so <laughs> I <laughs> I like that. I like that one too. I do like it. Yeah, I'm so glad you did it. And when I was reading, um, especially that the 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 few paragraphs you read, what was striking for me is I was questioning what was her childhood like. Like mm. was this who you know when she reflects on the woman, the women in her life, when she reflects on the mother and the grandmother and the aunties, they all fare so badly you know mm. and and it's it's from those experiences that she decides this is not going to be my life and I'm going to do mm -hmm. whatever it is to you know to rise up and to live you know a sort of a different life and as you were writing it what what in your mind as you were sort of um walking with Sissy in this journey what what kind of childhood did she have I love that question mm. um yeah I, would, I I think that Cece is also she might look at them as like guys losers move on but I don't know if they actually were right mm -hmm. because they still had to raise kids they still had to do what they're doing they still managed she she made it she's out there she's alive so at least they got that far <laughs> you know um, nevertheless I think that Cece was um had responsibility as uh like had a lot of responsibility as a young child with the kids you know siblings and stuff um and I don't know how it is for you guys if you have siblings and stuff but sometimes you know when you are maybe an older child or older um, girl child, maybe your daughter or daughter presenting, whatever, um, female presenting child. Um, when you are the eldest, there's like some kind of second mum kind of yeah. vibe that sometimes, you know, in a way. Yeah, I don't know in, some, in some cases it's handed. Some cases it's just assumed, but yeah. So I think she had a little thing like that, but I don't think she wanted it. Mm. When it was time to skip, she skipped. And it was like, this is, yeah, yeah, that pressure is, <laughs> yeah. But I, I guess we also see that kind of ambition and, you know, the headspace where she decides I'm not going to be um, my mother or my grandmother or my aunties. Mm -mm. We see what that kind of ambition can do to a person. We see, you know, and towards the end, I don't want to get to the end, but maybe we're going <laughs> to do that as, <laughs> yeah. um, as we follow the story of Sissy and and um, Madame jo Jojo or Joanna, depending on who's calling her. Yeah. <laughs> right? um, but what I wanted to also talk about in this regard is. Um, 
this Labadi Sunshine Bar, mm-hmm. Sunshine Bar, uh, owned by uh, Madame Joanna, mm-hmm. uh, which is a brothel of, of sorts that is masquerading mm-hmm. as as a hotel, mm-hmm. a hotel and bar and whatever. And in Nairobi, mm-hmm. we also um, see that a lot. We see a lot of massage spas that offer right. you know, happy endings and during the day masquerading as as proper massage spas. But in the night, they sort of turn into these uh, places where pleasure is is sort of commodified and exchanged. Is this um, is is this a common occurrence in in Accra as well, or are these isolated episodes? No, they're not isolated episodes. I mean, um, the thing in Accra that there's like um, a particular part of town when you when you go at night, you see a lot of the sex workers sort of like along the streets, kind of thing from Musu into Cantonment and Laboni. Labadi is just adjacent to those places, mm. so. Um, I'm not, I don't, that, that's where like you could live affordably, right? But those places like the Osu, well, Osu Leso, but Cantonment, Laboni, those are like the more um, uh, sort of middle class, like a bit more higher end. A lot of expats, when they come into um, Ghana or come into Accra, that's where they'll be, not, not moneyed expats or at least some kind of comfort expats. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, Labadi is just adjacent. And so, the off spills kind of go into those spaces too, if you see what I mean. Um, mm. So yeah, and like, I mean, some of the places I speak about, I mean, not the sunshine by itself, but like Jokers, for instance, mm. is an actual place and um, things go down, <laughs> do you know what I mean? Um, yeah, so some of these are from, you know, actual places mm. that are happening around, yeah. I mean, and uh, speaking of sex work, um, like what stood out for me was how um, you've presented it so matter of factly, like as these um, essential, necessary, okay, maybe not necessary, but integral <laughs> to the social and economic life of this place that, um, you know, the, 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 the story is set. Mm. So I don't know if that was a deliberate decision because I think most times when we encounter um, sex work there's always almost always like a moralistic view or a you know yeah um, yeah it's never this is this is what it is black and white it's always like mm. yeah or trying to try to yeah trying to sway the reader mm. to think a certain way or yeah I mean I think for me like I said I lived in this neighborhood isn't it and like I'd frequent through those places that I just spoke about um and I don't know, we're all, we're all hustling, isn't it? Do you know what I mean? Like we're all hustling. So I don't really, like it was, this is a particular profession I, sp- I chose to write about because um, I think it made for a good story. Um, but um, yeah, there wasn't any, there wasn't, I didn't see anything to be having moral, like the person's working and trying to keep it pushing. Do you know what I mean? Like that was the main, so many people have hustles in Accra. So many people, yeah. different, different kinds of, hustles some funny kind of hustles or whatever so um yeah this was one that I felt like at least in that in that area and I remember it's because I had a um yeah some sort of interaction one time with a group of girls that were working and like sometimes the disrespect that they get is just like so foul and so I think I had kept that in my um 
an encounter. That was the word I was looking for. I'd kept that in, that had stayed in my, in the recesses of my mind. So I think by the time I was coming to write this story, that's just the first thing that came. Like, it's not even to be like, to bring honor, just to bring real, like, it's not, do you know what I mean? Just to, this is it. Yeah. Yeah. And I think that also comes off very uh, beautifully in the story because you're not really concentrating on the sex work. You're not concentrating on the trade. You're concentrating on these people. You're concentrating on Cece and her ambition. You're concentrating on, you know, um, Madame Joanna. You're also concentrating mm. on these other girls, not really, yeah, you know, the actual, yeah. the actual itself. Yeah, so, yeah. That because sometimes good. in the hustle, it's kind of irrelevant what what we do in the yeah. hustle. We just go again. <laughs> Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> As they say, oh hustle now, hustle. <laughs> um, I like that you also mentioned like the encounter that was sort of embedded in the recesses of your mind. Mm. Um, and that sort of you know, you had saved so, saved them somewhere and the story just came to you. And you know, writing Anoa is sort of a dark. Mm-hmm. It's a dark theme, it's dark fiction, it's crime fiction. Yeah. And I'm curious as to where, like, um, where does a writer need to go? Like, what are those spaces that you need to <laughs> sort of occupy to be able to write this kind of dark fiction? It's so funny because I think there was a couple of other friends that were on this project as well. Yeah. When I read it, they was like, ah, where did this thing come from? <laughs> from you. You know what, yeah? I think... We've all got different sides, isn't it? So sometimes you gotta just like look into some of the and to be fair, honestly, a cry is not easy. See, a crowd parades itself like something, but to get to get noir is not hard <laughs> because the <laughs> is wild. <laughs> so you don't have to look far. It's not like, oh, I'm in this paradise, I'm trying to find some dirt. No. <laughs> yeah. It hands it to you. Do you know what I mean? So yeah, I didn't have to, I didn't have to look, it wasn't a stretch. It wasn't a stretch, yeah. let's say. <laughs> okay. Yeah. So there are no specific spaces in your mind. You've been hovering. I didn't. I have to say, I think I was just, I just, um, um, I think I, maybe I have that side. Let's just say mm-hmm. that it, yeah. it's not, it's not far. It, right? <laughs> we all have it. Like, yeah. Maybe if I'm also tasked to write an You would do. Yeah. You'll find. You will find. Like subconscious, yeah. there's a story stored in here from something I read or had or so growing up. So yeah. yeah, and I think with me, I like to keep it so I can do that. But then I like to keep it also a little bit like like it's not too heavy. Like mm. it's not you're not gonna cry. Do you know what I mean? Or you know, yeah. I think I, it's just I like to keep a little bit. Uh, it's like a dark humor. Yeah, let's mm. say. yeah. So. Maybe you'll cry, um, Shah, but you don't have to cry. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think the, the, the opening alludes to like a lot more darkness, but I love that yeah. it kind of skips and then, you know, eventually we'll, we'll come back to that. But before yeah. we do, um, I was very much intrigued by the relationship between um, Madame Joanna and Sisi. Mm-hmm. And from the minute they, you know, they meet each other, each other has, you know, has their eyes on the other. Like, yeah. they're yeah, doing this exactly. or yeah. like, you know, I'm just looking for work, I'm a nice girl. <laughs> and then you kind of see that dynamic sort of shift when she becomes a, a threat. Yeah. And yeah, and I think for me, what I was like really much interested in 
is that women to women dynamics where uh, in some particular situations it never seem like you can have more than one head honcho yeah you know, only one person can shine mm. uh, was that where you were going with that so I don't think it has to be like that but I, I wanted to portray what it is like in a more cutthroat kind of um, system where it can be like that. Do you know what I mean? Um, I think I, I tried to show that um, even though uh, Cece or Priscilla wasn't super friendly with the other girls, there wasn't necessarily like, um, she had had friends. She knew how to have friends. She knew how to relate to other girls. Um, but you do see you do see how sometimes in, and not, I mean, in, in all worlds, but often between women, you do see how it's not that they put themselves in a position, but the system means yeah. that only one can go through. It's not that they only want one to go through. They know how the system runs. And so they, do you know what I mean? And so they're put into that position whereby, you know, somebody, ha somebody has to make it or one of us has to make it. So yeah, I don't think it's necessarily on them. I think it's more, yeah, the patriarchy. I totally agree because you also have a dynamic where, um, so in as much as in, initially they were sort of tolerant of each other, mm. and okay, I don't like that you're not paying the rent or I don't think you're running your business well. Um, yeah. They were sort of a very tolerant kind of relationship until there was a man involved, and that's yeah. Mr. Boake, who was, you know, um, Madame Joanna's sort of man. Yeah, and the minute he starts looking at CC in a in a funny way, then yeah. um, Joanna is like, "Yeah, gloves are now off." Yeah, no, yeah, like this is now war. <laughs> you know the funny thing about that? I've been in situations where I've been around those kinds of men, mm -hmm. and I've seen that happen with women around mm. those kinds of men. Yeah, so that's even that's actually come from a direct kind of um, experience. Yeah. yeah, so yeah. And the worst bit, I guess, is um, like the men know what they're doing. Yeah. But they yeah. try to explain this kind of ignorance. Like, I don't know, yeah. I'm just implementing the new girl. Yeah. But you definitely know what you're you doing. You know. Yeah. yeah, you definitely know what you're doing. Yeah. And, and that does come out in the story. Um, something else that got me curious um, are the, you know, the girls who just end up missing. There's mm -hmm. um, a vacant sort of room and... You know, we we don't know what exactly happens to these yeah. girls. Um, yeah. Do they disappear in the lagoon? Um, do they are they killed? Is Madame yeah. Joanna the one who's been killing the girls when she sees them as a sort of a threat? And it was like almost a kind of poetic justice for uh, without talking too much <laughs> about the ending. Like, <laughs> like the ending was a sort of um, poetic justice. Um, but in my head, I keep thinking about those other girls. Um, yeah. Was this something you also considered as... Um, yeah, no, I, I can speak to that, actually, because there, there's this thing that, you know, and I, I allude to it in the story. You do hear stories um, in Ghana, in Accra, whatever, like around about um, girls going missing, like rituals mm. and, and all these kinds of things. Every so often, it's not like every day, but every so often these stories pop up. Um, yeah. And so I was thinking, as these stories pop up and you hear about, oh, this girl, they did all these, you know, these mad things. I was thinking like about the girls who are more vulnerable to those kinds of um, attacks and killings. Um, mm -hmm. 
and it's usually people who are maybe in sex work and stuff like that um or in some other vulnerable I mean I don't want to say vulnerable but in some other positions in society that might be um you know a bit more um um volatile or whatever you know so yeah those are things that actually you hear in around like oh um you know they they use the body for rituals for for whatever money thing they want to think that they're going to do yeah so that's where that that actually was that's actually speaking to like current affairs if you see what I mean it's interesting um <clears throat> as as you're you're speaking I'm also just thinking about um an earlier comment that um you made in terms of the story is not like you know it's not boo boo sad um you're not going to cry about it but um and so I'm thinking you might my- cry is the reason you're not crying about it because these women are perceived as you know sex workers or are usually people who are seen as being periphery to the society or excluded in one way or another and then maybe there's no need to mourn them um there's no real attachment or you know do we see Mm. them no i think i think it's more um I think it's more of a, I think it's more like matter of fact, mm-hmm. as opposed to, and that's just maybe how I've written it, maybe, I don't know. But I think I was thinking of it more as a matter of fact thing, um, as opposed to uh, something else, I don't know. So mm-hmm. so when I said, okay, you're not gonna, it's not something that necessarily, like you can, you can, you'll feel, obviously it's not saying you're not gonna feel feelings, but it's not like, and I think that's with the genre generally in noir, I don't think it's supposed to make you um, cry. I don't know if that's <laughs> what I mean. I don't think noir, from what I've read, I don't think that's the direction that the kind of genre goes with. I think it's more to, it's like watching a, a murder mystery or something. I don't think you, necessarily cry in a murder mystery. Do you get what I mean? I do. Hey, <laughs> sorry, 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 sorry. That's why I said you might you, you might also cry, but you might you might not. I don't know. Yeah, <laughs> but yeah, it's more like that. So maybe you would, but yeah. you might not necessarily. Do you get what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So not taking yeah. away from the seriousness of the characters' lives and everything, but just more yeah. in the genre. It's less Anyway, Sha, I think you get me, so. <laughs> yeah. No, I'm, uh, it's interesting, like, hearing uh, you say that because overall, the kind of feeling that you get is that uh, this is a heartless, uh, really heartless place. Like, the, yes, there's hustle and bustle. Yes, it's very vibrant mm. and active. There's sun, there's, you know, there's, but the, at the heart of it, there's just money trading. Mm. Money exchanging hands, mm. and I guess probably that you know that's the overriding cloudy. Uh, that's how I feel about the city, to be honest. Like generally, yeah. that's how it's, it's like it's. I mean, there are obviously faster cities and bigger cities and more cutthroat cities, whatever. But yeah, yeah, yeah. There's, there's very little space for the human person. Yeah. Um, <laughs> this place, yeah. not careful. <laughs> <laughs> even, yeah, even Priscilla's friend tells her like when you go there just 
you know, don't don't expect friendship. Yeah. Here we were friends, but out there in the crowd, they yeah, you know they mm-hmm. for lunch. But also maybe because uh, we're looking at sort of the underbelly of a crowd, mm-hmm. and so these are the places where such dark things happen, and so we're picking out just one of the dark stories, okay. but not and not necessarily representative of the entire city, mm. but we're looking at this underbelly and, and we're focusing mm. on the party and this is things that there's more stuff on the line. But I would still say that. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, well, yeah, I mean. that you're going to write the story. I have my answer. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's, it's just like, if cities can be harsh, isn't it? So it's just, yeah. it can be harsh. It's just that, yeah, 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 yeah. Of course, you find friends, but. It can be hard. I mean, with Nairobi, you know, yeah. like Wendy's saying, we there's there's a dark and a and a belly Nairobi, mm. but there's also this other side of Nairobi. But yes. I think generally, like if you're robbed in broad daylight, it's more likely that nobody will come to your rescue because they yeah. don't know you. True. There's like such a detachment to humanness. Yeah, mm-hmm. everybody's just hustling, going get your business. If mm. you're hit, you're like, oh. At least it's not me. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So I think there's some of that as well. You just capture that kind of, it's kind of blunt. It's kind of just like, you know? The ending for me um, was a bit unexpected, right? Oh, mm. well, that's nice. That's nice. <laughs> it, yes, it was a bit unexpected. Um, because, okay, I, I think I have two questions in one. Mm-hmm. Uh, my first question or rather my first reflection, because I think it's a reflection, like towards the ending when um, Joanna comes into the room and she locks eyes with um, Stuart. Mm-hmm. I'm like, oh shoot, like this is where, like this plot twist, like I thought it was gonna be a plot twist, right? Mm-hmm. And then when I kept reading, I'm like, oh crap, like this actually happened. Uh. <laughs> yeah. So in my head, I thought- um, The eyes was, meant something else. Yeah, I thought the eyes meant, hmm, like we got how something. Mm. And then, you know, for that script to just switch, I was like, oh, okay, you're, you're losing me, like what happened? <laughs> Where are we going with this? Where are we going with this? <laughs> this is not the ending that I had written in my own head. Um, so that was fantastic because, you know, it leaves you like in shock. It yeah. left me in shock. But also um, at the start of, of the story um, and you're describing uh, Labadi and you're talking about the trash collectors who, you know, wake up at 4 a.m. and are mm-hmm. moving across the town and they dump um, the garbage in in a kind of place where bodies just show up and it's yeah. normal and nobody wants to ask too many questions about it. And then for that end to sort of also end at the beginning. Yeah. I don't mm-hmm. forget what I'm saying, I, right? I, yeah. Like it yeah. ends with, <laughs> with those bodies that were referenced in the beginning. And mm. it got me thinking as you're sort of getting into writing this story, do you already have like an ending in mind <sighs> Or does this just come about as you're trying to put the pieces of that story together? Yeah, no, it came about because I think in a different version, somebody else, <laughs> it was somebody else <laughs> at the end, but it wasn't working for me. Yeah. Yeah, mm-hmm. it wasn't working for me. Um, okay. So, I mean, you have, I had an idea, something, okay, like I said, in the in the genre, something has to happen such that, you know, yeah. yeah. So at least you know that, so that's, you, you go in knowing this, yeah. Right. So now it's yeah. about going on the journey to find out who, what, why, how, whatever. 
Um, but as I was going, I didn't know who it was going to be. Mm, it was okay. like, that, that came, it changed. It, <laughs> it came after. So um, it's also nice for me at the end. It's like, oh, actually, I think it has to be this person, you know? <laughs> yeah. 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 So that phrase that it was also a shocker for you as it was. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it was. I fought it. I fought it for a while. At first, I was like, no, I'm not sure. But yeah, it, it just had to be. Yeah. No, that was nice. Yeah, it was fantastic. Fantastic. Um, I also am curious uh, because there are these two central figures in, mm-hmm. in the story, two women, Cece and um, Madame Joanna, and they both look like they have such interesting backstories. Mm. If you were to sort of write a prequel or a sequel, um, whose story would you be interested in? Madame Joanna. Madame Joanna. Oh, Why? Yeah. <laughs> and that's such a quick answer. So you definitely... Yeah, yeah, yeah. Know. Easy. That one is light work. Because yeah. when I... Madame Joanna was the first person I saw. Okay. Do you know what I mean? Mm. I know exactly what she looks like. I know exactly how she... Like, I, know, I feel like I know her more than I know Cece. Uh, okay. Definitely would be her. I'd like to get into her story. You guys... Hmm, okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah I think it would be her she there's so many there's like uh, and if you if you go to this area like like I'm talking about this kind of town you see versions of this lady shaven hair like you see versions of her yeah Yeah. and there's a particular um uh, woman she's passed away now but that was in my life that when she laughed I imagine that's how Madame Joanna would laugh so yeah I think Uh, yeah it would be her Okay, mm. just tell us then a little bit about Madame Joanna. So the Madame Joanna that we do not that actually didn't make it that didn't make it to the pages of the story. Tell us yeah, about that. Because I think for me, oh sorry, before you go. Oh no, I think I, 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 it's just a bit sad. Yeah. That having built this empire, like starting from nothing, uh, she can so easily disappear, and nobody will rock up. This is sort of secure like she knows that nobody will come and say oh by the way what happened today mm-hmm. this uh, lady like doesn't she have friends has she built like a network a support network or mm. something like that i don't know yeah yeah i like that um that thing because madame joanna can be like cc maybe i don't know 30 years before or something right from yeah. some other part of the country where she's left all the people she had to leave behind you can have friends, but in this business, who's gonna come and who's gonna come and take your your brothel in um in the court of law? And the guy, as long as he's being uh, attended to, attended. To. <laughs> Thank you very much. Thank you very much. Attended yeah. to. So um yeah, I mean, so the question is about who is she? I, so I imagine her to be, but I also imagine her to be someone who is kind of like the life, or at least at a time in her life was the life of the party, mm. kind of. Um, gregarious laughing moving everybody wants to be there but um when the party slowed down yeah and you don't have you know know yeah Yeah. you know that person yeah um and sometimes it's just you left at the end of it yeah yeah but it kind of makes me sad um to also just you know think about that and think about this life that goes unnoticed and and mourned and documented and named like, I missed like nobody's missing you. 
and but we don't know. Okay, okay. We, I'm just. We also don't know. Yeah. Yeah. It's, okay. it's purely yeah. an assumption, right? That um, maybe somebody's gonna come looking for her. Maybe she won't. Maybe she's gonna be, you know, one of those people who just wash up in the lagoon or in the dump, and nobody asks and too many questions because yeah. nobody wants to be implicated. Yeah. And I thought it was it was really sad, and if you reflect. Um, on say the lives of sex workers who might find themselves in sort of these kinds of situations mm. where um, you're only useful for a particular thing and you know if you were to disappear then nobody's gonna miss you mm. and seeing that Sisi herself sort of took up that role as you know the new madame is it like a foretelling of the kind of future that she would also... Not necessarily, because remember, Cece also um, saw her mum and her aunties and co and said, I've seen how you people did it and you didn't quite do it right. So Cece's also paying attention and seeing how someone else can do it and know, okay, let me see how else... So this can be point one in the ladder of whatever. Yeah. Remember, yeah. Cece, Cece's already said what she, what she wants. She doesn't want this bar. It's not this bar that Cece's looking at. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Cece has her mind somewhere, so okay. yeah. Okay. Mm. Okay. So maybe we will meet Cece and Madame Joanna in the future. Maybe we will. Maybe we will. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. All right. Um, if you were to pick, um, say one or two central things in the story that you want the readers to come out of that story with, what would that be? Sometimes, not even sometimes, putting yourself first will put yourself first. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> put yourself first, yeah. Um, like I said all, earlier, all hustle, now hustle. Like, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, I think those two things are something you can take from all hustle, now hustle. And also, I think I mentioned this in a, a conversation with somebody else outside of the, the content of the story, just in terms of how like navigating space, look around you, see who's the people around you, see who mm -hmm. your neighbors are, see who you're getting on the bus with, the chocho with, see mm -hmm. who's serving you, your wache or your whatever, see who's, you know, see who's in your neighborhood mm -hmm. outside of um, your, maybe your clique or your whatever, like, yeah. Where do you live? You know. Yeah. Um. Before we let you go, I mean, I still want that to marinate. Before we let we let you go, uh, what are some books or some stories that you've read that you'd recommend to our listeners that sort of maybe resonate? You know, the whole what you were trying to communicate in this story. I don't know. I don't know if there's something I read in particular that I was trying to communicate in this story, but. I'm reminded of um, Kai Miller's uh, August Town when I think about this story and this anthology. Um, yeah. I would recommend that book very much. That's set in um, um, Kingston, Jamaica. Yeah, mm -hmm. in case um, some people don't know, it's set in Kingston, Jamaica. And it has mm -hmm. some, some noir, some dark uh, okay. uh, undertones in that as well. So yeah, I would recommend that book. Yeah. That's a good recommendation. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I'm having it in my TBR, so now I think I have the push to actually read <laughs> it. Yeah, yeah, yeah no, it's it. good. It's a good one. It's a good one. Yeah. 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 All right. So 
as we wind up, what are some of the things that you're looking forward to, some of the things that you're currently working on, mm -hmm. and how can readers um, engage with your work? Yeah, um, so I've got a, um, or I'm working on uh, sort of a short story collection. Um, it's less noir. <laughs> Um, and more in the, um, for want of a better expression, magical realism field, which is actually where I tend towards. Um, um, so yeah, you can keep an eye out for that. I think there's a couple of things, but I, you can find me, I have a website and I have a lot of, um, I have some nonfiction and audio projects on there. Um, yeah. So that can be checked out. It's called A Gift From Somewhere. Um, yeah. if you want to read some more stuff, yeah. Great. So the URL is a gift from somewhere? The URL is billymcturnan.com. Okay, okay. And there's a project on there. Um, you can also link it on SoundCloud, but yeah. Thank you so much, so much for thank lending you. us. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah, I really enjoyed the conversation. It's like some nice little nuggets for me to also take with me so thank you for that and we wish you all the best um with thank the game guys thank and you. all your future plans and anything that you're working on yeah. thank you i'll be sure to if anything i'll let you guys know thank you for listening to the somanami podcast if you've enjoyed the show please subscribe to the podcast Leave us a review or rating and tell your friends to tell their friends about us. It goes a long way. To catch all the latest from us, follow us on Instagram, Twitter, or Facebook at somanami underscore ke on Instagram and somanami books on both Twitter and Facebook. Catch Modoni at This Bookish Girl and myself, Wendy, at I Wonder and Read on Instagram and Twitter. If you'd like to collaborate or work with us, please reach out via email info at somanami.co.ke. Thanks again and we'll love to see you next time.